Hey, this is Rob, and this is episode 37 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. I am super geeked about our guests, plural, for the first time. Well, technically the Kremico one had multiple guests. Yes, but geeked about our guests on this podcast. Before I announce who the guest is, which you probably saw in the title, so it doesn't really matter... I want to announce a new service that we are doing, not even a service, but so both Jeff and I, we are very like we're big time music lovers. We have pretty eclectic tastes in music. He finds songs that I jam out on and vice versa. We listen to it while we're packaging. And so I was like, that's pretty unique. I bet other people would want to hear these songs too. So what we've done is we've created a Roaster's Choice playlist on Spotify. I'll share it in the show notes here, but we're also going to include QR codes in every single online shipper that you can go to and scan to be able to go straight to the Spotify playlist of our monthly selections of songs. That is the perfect segue into this week's guest, Cook Thugless, one of my new Favorite bands repping their shirt right now. Super, super unique sound. Huge range. They've got over 500,000 views on YouTube. They've got 75,000 listeners on Spotify. Millions of streams, including over 1.6 million on their hit jam, Lockjaw. Their new album, Yikes, is out right now. Go check them out at Cook Thugless. C-O-O-K-T-H-U-G-L-E-S-S. Cook Thugless. Check that out on Instagram. They're big on TikTok. They are... Go to their website, cookthugless.com. Get some merch because they can't do shows. This episode was a blast. We did it on Zoom because uh, they are kind of separate sides of the country right now. But this episode was an absolute blast. I think you guys will enjoy hearing the story of a band from New Jersey that just played college gigs and ended up having a smash hit song. And then COVID hit, which is sad. But this episode was not. So, enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. What's up, man? What up? What up? I already got the thing recording, I think. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I'm Rob, by the way. I'm Jerry, uh, also known as 99 Pines. 99 Pines? <laughs> yeah. Right, I like it. Nice to finally meet you in person. Yeah, right? Quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. So, are we waiting on any others? Uh, we're still waiting on uh, Jean Louis. He should be coming on soon. Cool. So are you one of the founding members of Cook Thugless? Got my shirt on today. Yo, yeah, I just peeped it. Dope, man. I, I'm, I'm one of, I'm sort of a founding member. I, uh, I joined the band like, like a month after they had started making music already. Um, okay. Because uh, Jean-Louis, who, who's going to be joining shortly, he was having like a whole like housing situation in college. We all met at Rutgers University in New Jersey. Okay. And, uh, oh, there he is. Nope. <laughs> Oh yeah, what's, what's up, going man? on? <laughs> this is so sick. I'm so stoked about this. Dude, so oh, yeah. about to be here. <laughs> yeah, so I uh one of your songs popped up on 
uh, on Spotify, Sweet Coffee. And I was like, uh, like, <laughs> I was like, this is a tasty, you know, like the Discover Weekly, a lot of random songs pop up every once in a while, one will pop out and I'll, I'll push that onto my own playlist permanently. And I was like, this song's a jam. And I was just like wrecking that track just over and over and over. And then the oh, algorithm yeah. catches on and starts like sneaking in more Cook Thugless and I don't even oh, notice. And it, I'm, so I'm listening to my Discover Weekly like for a month and three weeks in a row, I'm listening to it, not knowing what's playing. And then I'm like, oh, this song's good too. And I look at it and I'm like, oh, this is also that band from the last week. <laughs> and like the three, same guys. <laughs> yeah. And then three weeks in a row, I'm like, awesome. I, think I, I think I might like these guys. And then, that just, <laughs> then the rabbit hole on YouTube. And I just went deep, deep, deep on YouTube of going through. And then, I, and, then uh, I was, and then I started using your song on TikTok. And then I tagged you on Instagram. I was like, oh, you just your <laughs> Instagram, baby. <laughs> That's all I ever wanted. The whole the whole reason we wanted. To, I remember when I was a uh, a few years ago, I was looking online and I was like, "Oh man, this artist has so many videos to like go through. Like, I want our band to have a ton of videos too, so you can just fucking fall in." And there came like two dozen of them. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the format of this whole thing, I will have already done like a pre intro, so I'll do a full intro of the fact that you're Cook Thugless, that you got over Woo! half a million views on YouTube, yeah. seventy five thousand listeners on on Spotify with like millions of streams, like 1.6 on Lockjaw alone, which we're definitely gonna touch yeah. on that. That seems like it crazy blew up. But oh, yeah. I'd love to get your guys' background uh, out of New Jersey. You just mentioned, Jerry, that uh, you're from Rutgers and that's where you met. So I'd love to know like your both, your background, the foundation of Cook Douglas, like how it all got started. Oh yeah. man, dope. Yeah, uh, I uh, I was born in, in Venezuela and uh, grew up in Miami and then moved to Jersey to go to the acting conservatory at Rutgers, which is where I met Jerry because we were in the same acting class. And uh, all the boys that uh, are now in Cook Douglas were in the music conservatory, um, save for, you know, Jim and Coy, um, but they were at Rutgers as well. Jim, uh, Coy was studying film and Jim was studying uh, bio engineer science he'll kill me when he sees this it was something more specific than that. but uh i i was looking uh i had like a shitty roommate and uh and brian who plays the sax invited me to sleep on his couch uh and i did for like three four months and these guys were just jamming so i started like, freestyling when i had a freestyle i brought jerry jerry's like fuck yeah we wrote some songs made an album started playing the songs around the college campuses and then we we're like this stuff dude we got a band now like fuck yeah you know and uh and, and, you know, we didn't really uh, expect it to go as far as it did. But then once we graduated, uh, we met uh, Coy and Anthony and they started helping us with the visuals. And together we just in-house were able to just like produce content and content. And that really like drove it home um, it's for us to just continue doing this thing and, and, and now make it our careers really is, 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 is what we're shooting for. That's the, um, yeah. the thing that stuck out most to me was just the range because I didn't realize I kept hearing your songs because I hear sweet coffee and it's kind of like chill and laid back. And then like when your new single bad luck came out, totally polar opposite in terms of energy, like super high energy. And then like Gemini popped up on a playlist and I'm like, I feel like I want to run through a wall right now. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's almost, it's like metal and rap and like all these things combined into one. And so that was what really struck me was like the, the range from album to album that there's, I think sometimes, especially when you have one song get really popular, 
people be, oh we have to do yeah, that, yeah, one that song. song yeah and so i'm curious like your backgrounds you said uh that some of you were in the music conservatory like what are the backgrounds that led to this like this unique so, range of music you have me and jerry you know we're both we're both actors first uh i believe jerry has a lot more of a rap background than i do in the sense that he listened to a lot of music and was rapping well before you know we even met whereas i kind of learned how to do it uh freestyling with the boys um but the biggest thing about our band is that there's a fucking there's a ton of us i believe there's like eight members in total uh, and everybody's yeah. kind of coming from their own world of like their sound and their kind of vibe so you know there's like pros and cons to like having such a big collaboration but one of the biggest pros is that really we're always like kind of evolving and like testing new waters and, and we've always been weirdos you know like our music has actually only gotten more um more digestible i would say whereas like in the past that you know it was like really, really experimental. You can hear in Sweet Coffee, there's just that big, long, just flute solo because our boy Sam was like, yo, some flute sound tight on this. And they were like, yeah, 36 bars of flute, let's go. Let's do that. <laughs> That's where like you're zoning out and all of a sudden it's in that middle of that flute solo and you're like, did I, <laughs> yeah, I, did I change my playlist here? What's going on? <laughs> and that really uh, led to, um, to why that range is, is that way because really it's almost like, like, we find different sounds and we let different members kind of direct the, uh, where that song is going and we treat each song like its own little world. And, uh, and uh, you know, it, it was a lot stranger before, but now I feel like we're moving into a world with music where uh, people are, are really asking for that, you know, genres kind of dying out, people are mixing genres. So this is like, where we're like, fuck yeah, like that's the, what we've been doing all along. Now we're going to keep doing that because, you know, people are fuck with that. Because that used and to be a huge problem in the industry to, is like you had to get on the radio if people are going to find you. But every radio station said, we play these genres if you don't have a clean fit. It's like the only thing I can think of is like Chumbawamba with I, when the song, I get knocked down. It's the one song that like it didn't have a genre and it worked because it was all genres. But right. it, yeah. it used to be if you didn't have a genre, they're like, sorry, our listeners listen to this. If you're not this, we don't play you. Now. Yeah, yeah with these algorithms being so insanely accurate, it's like a little bit scary. I get a little bit freaked out that they know what I want to listen to so hardcore. But at the same time, I have such a weird range of music that I think that's why it's kept spitting Cook Thugless out to me, despite having never heard any of your songs previous to that. It was awesome. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of, I guess, the, the target audience has just been like people who really just like a big fucking range all in one i guess because you know we never really confined to one thing and with each project you kind of find a, a, we just like use what's kind of happening with us to like funnel it into like what that the sound of that project is going to be yeah. you know we had a we had a tough year so we all put it into yikes. i can't imagine why you had a tough year this is a super cool year nothing weird at all going on <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 he, he was looking at me for one second like does he so not what do you does he Does not he see understand? anything that's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, so while you all are at uh, Rutgers, uh, are you mainly playing on campus? Or are you touring at all? Or like how serious did it get while you were in school with each other? We were mainly on campus. I mean, it was it was a, a, a big, like, we were very, we've always been sort of like DIY, you know, like doing doing everything ourselves. And in New Brunswick, there there's always been like this pop in like basement scene, like, like music scene where like sort of like sort of grunge and like hardcore and like uh, uh, just very gritty and like intimate and everything was like bunched up together and super sweaty and like it was always super dope but like we didn't even realize that this was like a scene and we had like 
made our own sort of uh, basement shows from like asking our friends to like let us perform and stuff. And through doing that, like a whole bunch, we eventually like got our foot in the door with like the actual like basement scene with like uh, different frats or like even just like people just putting on shows in the weekends to like loosen up and all that kind of stuff. So how, how many people went to Rutgers? How, how many people go to that school? Uh, Dude, that must be like 50,000 50, or something. Oh, oh like so that. you got like a, a city you're playing for, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're a popular cool. band that's on nice. campus, you're like a popular yeah, band in like a small city. But totally. It's like, it's like, uh, that's what made that music easy to spread while we were in there, you know, it's kind of like an incubator for that sort of stuff. So it was definitely cool to see that. We, we honestly, like, starting out, didn't really even uh, have any expectations and we were just like oh we're playing parties now like do these fucking it sounded like yeah wrapping some fucking cheese grater because it's like the shittiest speakers but like everyone's <laughs> real tight you're pulling on pipes you're just going ah no one can even fucking hear you you're just like you drink you know you throw up on someone like and that was always like the 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 feel was like that level of connection and energy and uh and something that you know we really wanted to, and, 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 you know, historically we've been like live centric, um, even though it's been fairly local and, and now, you know, we're really cracking down on just making a bunch of songs because, you know, that whole live thing is so 2019, bro. Yeah. You know, <laughs> didn't even want to do that anyway. That live stuff. It's really, yeah. the, the, I've heard streaming is where the money's at. I've heard it's a, yeah, really, yeah, bro. It's a really good deal for how much you get paid per stream. Zoom, Zoom shows, baby. Go. Yeah, yeah. This podcast is where I'm making all my money. All, all three people that are probably going to listen to this. Life, <laughs> so, when you're playing these live shows at Rutgers, what even are you playing with? Like, what instruments? Because your sound is—you said it started off really experimental, and I can't. Now you're saying it's more digestible, and when I hear it, I'm like, this is so different. So, like. What is your setup when you're playing these live shows at Rutgers? Man, yeah, uh, we, we got, um, sorry, you can go, Jerry. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I, I, I mean, it was, it's, I feel like it, it, at least starting out, like, Jay, I'll probably back me up with this. It was like super, like, it would change a lot. Like, cause we, we would, we, we, we sort of had like, uh, like different members play like different instruments, uh, often like Brian, Clients, he plays the saxophone as well as the flute. The flute, if he feels like it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then we have Keith. He he like plays the trombone, and sometimes in the beginning he would play keys as well. Um, it so it it was it started off as like sort of and like we would have different people like join in and out. Like sometimes we need like a drums guy. Like before we actually got a drums guy, and like we'd have different people fluctuating in and out. But mainly it consists of that like drums. We had guitar, uh, Jim and guitar, Riley on bass. Um, Drum, Keith. bass, git, yeah, horn section, and two rappers, um, yeah. and that was like that was like the the consistent setup. And obviously, you know, the songs were done like electronically with like not real instruments for a lot of them. But then we would just learn those same compositions and compose them with the instruments that we had at hand. Like Jerry mentioned, you know, if it needed keys, we would bring in some keys. Uh, we would turn a lot of like the, the loops into like horn section stuff. So if you hear like a synth, then it would just become like the horn lines. And then we'd be able to turn it into like a big band thing and then wrap the songs. Some songs sound really similar. Other songs are totally different beasts and sound really completely different, different yeah. and like even better sometimes. And some of our most popular songs, like Sweet Coffee, for example, 
He never played it live because he could never figure out how the fuck to do it. And that's even become like a thing. Like, I remember we played a show once and like we finished the show and like one of the girls in the front was like, ah, oh, play sweet coffee, play <laughs> yeah. sweet coffee. And then I turned to the boys and I'm like, let's play sweet coffee. And the boys are like, we've never done it. And I was like, no, dude, just do it. Just try it out. And then we did it and it was like amorphous, just disappointing. Just like. <laughs> just yeah, and the show on a terrible note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you know, it's, um, it's, it's a back and forth. And now with the newer songs, we're going to really just keep inventing ways to like make them as close to what they are but also have that big band element because there's nothing yeah. like the energy of like eight people just going <laughs> you know Yo, for real <laughs> so what year did you all graduate 2015 2015 so you all graduate what's the discussion then you've been playing catching traction on campus you graduate what's the vibe like how how much traction do you have outside of campus or is that even a factor when there's that many people following you so really uh um after our sophomore year we released the first album it was like this whole big thing and then right at the end of that both me and jerry went to an acting program in london so we were gone for a whole year and then we came back and we expected everyone to be like there for cook like yo cook is back but it wasn't really like that. And we released our second album. There was no way to distribute it. And we had just graduated. So like we were kind of outside of the circle, you know, it kind of felt like, like going away and coming back and like everyone like, I don't know, moved on or whatever. We released that second album and nothing really happened. And we were just like, uh, but we just kept moving with the content. I remember we started our Spotify, you know, we had like 12 monthly listeners and stuff. Uh, when Sweet Coffee came out. And that's when uh, Anthony King and Koi Cola approached us and they were like, yo, this shit's pretty crazy because we played a show where we had our boy juggling and I had like the background videos kind of playing and all this yeah. shit. And they were like, this shit's crazy. So they got involved and helped us make the Sweet Coffee music video, which then sparked uh, just a series. And I was surprised because I was like, oh my God, how much is this going to cost? Like, I, we're all broke. But they were like, nah, we just like want to make more creative stuff, have it in our portfolio. And uh, from then on, he was just like, what's the next vid? What's the next vid? And I was like, uh, fucking let's pour some tar on my boy. And uh, <laughs> we did that video. Or like, let's, um, let's go to the desert and like, I'll pour fucking, I'll like attach a trash can to my boy's back and we'll call that a video. And we started kind of falling. And once we were doing the videos, then people started noticing a lot more and people started paying attention a lot more. So I got really manic with that shit and was just like, that's what it is. We'll make a song, make a video, make a song, make a video until this kind of happens. Um, and it wasn't until then we released our third album money. It was kind of the same thing. And it wasn't really until, um, 2018 when, uh, uh, one of my best friends that I grew up with, uh, he ended up getting cast in 13 reasons why, uh, as one of the leads, Brandon Flynn, and he just went from like, he went from like 300 followers to 3.5 million, like overnight. Like I remember we were all sitting in like the catering job, like where we all used to like work um, and like he used to work there with us and now he wasn't there. And we were like on his Instagram and it was like 40K and we would like refresh and it was like 65K and then like refresh again, it was like 120K. I've never seen anything like this in my life. He became a superstar. Um, and after some time, I just hit him up and, we were just talking and I was going to go visit him. And then I was like, what if we'd like shoot a, would be down to shoot a video together? And he was like, yeah, what song? And then I sent him Lockjaw, which was a demo and he loved it. He was like, for sure. And then I was like, all right, boys, we're going to LA. We're going to shoot a music video with my boy B Flynn. Let's get it. And, uh, and 
that ended up happening through a, a very, very long series of events that were disastrous, but ultimately worked out to make the video that it is today. Um, and, uh, and that's the video that put us on the map, really. We, like, we were, before that, we, we were fairly invisible, uh, and that song and video gave us a lot of exposure, which then gave us an opportunity and a push to really take the next step and that's when we all decided like okay like to really make this happen we've all got to make this our full-time jobs and just like move in together and like go to LA and, and get one of those so-called distribution deals that all the cool kids are talking about you know and like and like see what's up and we just you know been going from there and, and that was a whole turbulent journey but at the end of it all now we're making like better music we're more connected and up until you know COVID hit, we were all together under one roof. You know? yeah, so, so what what did happen when COVID hit? So where were you all at? And then like, where are you all now? And how's, what have you been doing since it hit? We were, uh, we were um, maxing out our cards and renting out different Airbnbs all over LA and finishing up our album, Yikes. Um, and, and then COVID hit. And so the boys went back to Jersey and I stayed out here in California uh, and have been quarantined here in India with my girlfriend and my, and my duck and my chicken, um, uh, which I can introduce if you'd like. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we've been working through Discord. So we've been making music through, through, through Discord and Zoom conferences and just basically keeping the, the stuff going and, and and me and Jerry have been working a bunch on animation now because we can't shoot stuff in person for a sec. And then I'm going to fly out at the end of the month for a big powwow for a month and a half to just like crank down on the next project and, and get the next stuff sorted out. No? Unreal. And yeah, so the, the content side is always intriguing to me, especially in the music side, because it's so counterintuitive sometimes that a video is going to be what puts your song on the map. And having a video pop off is going to make your Spotify streams go up through like crazy. So it's almost like, I don't know how the YouTube algorithms work. YouTube's definitely not my thing at all. I don't get it, but it's, up, bro. Yeah. it's crazy. And so yeah. at this, at that point, were you touring and did you see a big lift in the number of people at your physical shows with the popularity of that video lockjaw? You'd be, you'd be surprised. I mean, uh, we've actually never been on tour, not even yet. We've oh, like, well, we were in New York. We played like New York, New Jersey, uh, Brooklyn, all that stuff. And like really created like a community there, uh, would turn our houses into venues and play on our roofs and stuff. Um, and even like before Lockjaw, we would have like 200 heads at the shows. So Lockjaw actually was just, a uh, was just exposure on the internet side of things like we had eyes like internationally now we made like number two on like the hong kong charts randomly for like a period of time um and we just had people reaching out from all over the world like sending care packages and stuff but the stuff with the show stayed relatively the same and uh, we were actually going to do our first uh, u.s tour this year uh we were planning that in like january and february obviously had to hold the brakes on that but um but but yeah i mean uh from la and and new york we've just like played locally thus far really but we we brought in some i mean even before lockjaw we're definitely definitely making rooms packed out so we could just you know do a crowd surfing let's go 
<laughs> yeah, and so how does a band even begin to try to plan anything right now? Is it kind of like, let's just try to make as much as we can or create as much as we can during this time? Because it's kind of like, I mean, for business, it's it's messed up right now, but it's kind of like, well, people still are getting coffee, whatever. But music, it's like, when you look at the different ways of revenue for music, it's like live live shows are kind of it right now with totally. streaming right. services taking over. You read all these stories of people with millions and millions of streams getting checks for like fractions of a penny per stream. How do, how do you continue to plan during this or is it kind of just weighted out? It is kind of, it, it, I'd say it is kind of like making a bunch of music right now. Um, we, 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 yeah, we're like, we, we really want to just, we, 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 yeah, we've just been like trying to make as much as we can, um, whenever we can. And priority is also like trying to meet up so that we can properly get, get the music done together as well as make new vibes when we're together, which is, uh, we're all super excited for JL to get here because he's the only one not on the East Coast right now. Um, because there's just something about like being able to create together because like yeah. discord has been dope you know and it's like a cool alternative throughout like covid and everything and the whole pandemic but um just being together and like being able to uh, uh create together is where i feel like a lot of like the real magic happens and like being able to like swap it even if it's like a passing idea where it's like you don't get lag when you try to say the idea or something you know it's like it's like yeah it's, yeah yeah or, you know what i mean it's like it's it's uh uh going on a click track if you're gonna yeah record yeah 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 so Honestly. right now that's definitely priority number one like trying to make as much music as we can as well as seeing where where we fit in the live world if if it like in, in the like seemingly like non-existent live world you know yeah because i'm looking at your album releases here and you got yikes recently released that right yeah, yeah that's what that's, that's what cool. bad luck was on yikes yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a super recent release. And then you got Lux, which was 2019. And then I think you yep. had, yeah, Money was 2017. So you three albums in the span of three years. Pretty. And there's two the, more. There's and, two more two years prior, but we took those down because it was just like early, earlier work that we felt like didn't represent like where we're at as much. You can find them on Bandcamp, but like yeah. uh, on, as opposed to Spotify, where new people find us, we kind of want to keep it to the three albums because. We got two more albums and three more EPs that we've done over the years. And we're just yeah. like, oh, it's just too, it's just too much, you know? Um, and I think right now, you know, you can't really do anything but adapt. And the strength of like the character, the product is like really turning the corner with like the times and what's happening and taking the opportunity. You know, we were all like hustling so hard every day, like barely having enough to eat, like just going in. We ran and we were in like a living in an influencer's mansion for a while and like doing a bad deal and getting involved with some crazy stuff. And that was all amazing. And is what Yikes is all about. But then, you know, with all of this that happened, it gave us an opportunity to step back, go back to our families, start to really think about like what the message is. Cause out there in LA, that shit gets lost really easily, man. Like people are yeah, all yeah. about like how you're going to sell a product. Mm. You know, we went to pop school pretty much. Like they, they didn't want 36 bars like we used to do. It was like, we want hooks, 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 you know, mm -hmm. pitch tracks for other artists, you know, you get into like a, a, a tough mindset when you're, when you're just like in the LA crowd of like, okay, it's not about the music. It's about how you're going to sell the music and who you're selling that music to. And it kind of got us in like a very jumbled, intense place. So it's been great to be able to like step back, uh, really think about like, okay, what is, 
the message? Like, what are we really like, what are we doing this for? And then also um, an opportunity to take care of some of the more um, uh, secretarial kind of aspects of things like, like taxes, merch, website. And um, I'm, I'm kind of working on this, uh, this doc that, uh, that kind of goes through what we've been through in the last like few years and how we got there. And, and I've had a chance to really sit down and like sort through hours and hours of footage finally and kind of put that together. So, you know, I think there's always stuff to do. Uh, even if it's not, if, when you can't make music, there's always like angles to play. Cause when you're independent, you gotta be hitting, doing everything, you know? And see. If, <laughs> yeah. <you> know? <laughs> it's, I just yeah. like, and, and I feel so much for the music and cause I would go to a show about, Eh, like every other week and it doesn't it's not an essential thing right it's not an essential business but you realize that you like don't even think about it and then once it's gone it's like damn it, it's, it's like this this like pent up like i gotta see stuff live and it's just i can't imagine you guys on tour not picking up a huge following just based on what you're saying and like your sound that's actually like when i went to your website i was like oh because I'm an idiot. I was like, oh, are these guys touring? And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, wait. Of course not. But, like, I, I was just all excited about it because your sound, I, was, I wanted to find, like, videos or, like, anything of, like, how you guys play. Because I'm like, like, what are these guys? Is this, is this a rap group? Is this guy singing? They're like, what is going on? And I was just, it's, it's, like, one of the more unique sounds I've heard. And sometimes I'll hear that, and it'll be, like, a band sound. And you go, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, but, the, I, man, I've just had tracks on repeat and even today i was doing like some more deep dives into some of the older albums i'm just like one after another these songs are just hitting dude dude that's that's dope as fuck and honestly that's the kind of thing that keeps us going because like all we want is, is 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 connection in that sense you know what i mean and to like for that to like like really speak and come out and like for you to dig it like to that degree and so now it's just you know since the touring's been canceled it's just prepping so that when the live shows come back we can do a comeback tour like super hard and just go to all the places where hopefully we have new people that have heard about us and we can pull pull faces into into states that you know we've never been to and, and things like that and that's something that we're definitely looking forward so while we're you know chilling definitely working towards getting together the fucking hottest live fucking experience jugglers yeah. strippers <laughs> I don't know about that but you know like fucking thing. I don't know <laughs> So when you, were, when you were starting to plan the tour, how does one go about that? Having it be your first tour ever. And you're like, we have a strong local following. We know we can get people to come to shows here. And you're starting to look at what places to tour to. How do you decide where to play? How do you get them to book you? How, how does that whole process even work? Yeah, we had a lot of trouble uh, historically with that, which is why it took us so long to kind of get to that place because we're all artists. We're not really like salesmen uh, in that sense. But this, um, this guy, Brian Stone, emailed us out of the blue one day and he was just down to like, like, like do, he just believed in the cause and wanted to help us out. So uh, he started just making a bunch of calls and you kind of, from what I see, it's it's you reach out to certain venues, you leverage with how much you're going to be able to pull, and then you just start setting up shows in like a direction where it makes sense to kind of drive and not lose too much money and and things like I got some friends in Chicago that have this uh, they live in this like abandoned church that they rented out and and now turned it into like a venue and a space where they're trying to put up 
their own program and their own thing. So like I connected with them and I'm like, dude, let's set up a show here. And they were like, fuck yeah, you know, connect those crowds. So it's just being resourceful and finding those opportunities where like, you know, people and you can also uh, get a venue that won't, uh, that will provide enough of a return and you just strategically keep going about it. But that's, it takes, it takes months and months. The good thing is that all that work that was done for the tour that didn't happen is obviously, you know, those connections are still there. So once, that becomes a thing again. Uh, we are technically booked right now to play in Brooklyn uh, at the end of August. Mm. I don't know if that's real. It's very, very unlikely. Yeah, um, but New York's looking a little, there's like rat wars going on <laughs> yeah, on top yeah, of everything. Yeah. That's gonna be the name of the floor, dude. I think you just gave it to us. So, this has always intrigued me. I've got a bunch of buddies here locally that are musicians and I am a sales guy, like 100%. Like, I have a background in beer sales, but then I became obsessed with coffee. That led to a That's whole rabbit hole. Yeah. Led to a whole rabbit hole of really high-end specialty coffee. And then that's where I realized, I was like, oh, wait, this is growing. And that's what led to me starting Folly Coffee. And so I look at the music industry and I go, I think what a lot of bands have the bands that I like at least is like their music is really good. And here's the catch 22. It's usually the people who are really have awesome, interesting music are interested in making awesome, interested music. And then these like cookie cutter bands that you're talking about probably have like a marketing person that they're like, this is what we should do. What I'd be curious is if you had like a, you say you're filming like a, like promos and like more cut up type stuff. Why, what, what I started doing that was working because like, we're growing, but relatively unheard of, even in our hometown, like in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And so we made a one minute video that we cut up into a one minute and a 30 second video. And then anybody I'm trying to meet with, instead of saying like, hey, here's a three paragraph thing about what we're about, about our, it's hard to capture the energy. And so we just made like this 30 second video and this one minute video that I'll just include at the bottom of an email. And I've always been curious of, one second, I just got some weird, Okay, there we go. I've, I've always been curious if like a music group, especially trying to book live gigs, if you can get like what your live show would look like, which obviously during COVID it's harder to do because you can't really go out and film a show right now. But if you had like a 30 second hitter, like a one minute hitter on like, this is what we're about. If you had the visual of a live brass section if you had a video of you guys going crazy even if it's literally to an empty crowd that you're just like this is what it will look like when things are back to normal that would always be interesting to me because people are going to want to be booking a lot of shows moving forward and i think just, i i want to see the show based on what you're saying <laughs> like it right. sounds so yeah. sick that you're like here's our songs but here's what we do well, um, it's funny that you say that. Uh, it's a really great idea because in the doc that I previously mentioned, I have like uh, in, in like the narrative sense, like I introduce everybody and then I have like a montage of like from like stories and videos in the past couple of years, like a, it's like a minute long epic montage of like the shows in a video format. So I guess I'll just, uh, I'll export that piece out. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you, honestly. I'll Straight send it up. To you. No, I'll post that because... And, and, I have a crazy short attention span. Like I can't read more than a paragraph without having to go back and reread it again to really get what I'm going. And so if it's something that I'm half interested to begin with, it's like, I'm probably not going to reread it. But if somebody includes a video, I'll put on a video for 30 seconds. And then if the video is cool, I'll ironically watch something that's 10 minutes long. Like it doesn't make sense. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get from that cold to curious stage to be able to move. 
forward. And it's, you kind of got to look at any situation. You'd be like, okay, like, what do we have? What, uh, what do we have over larger, more well-known competitors? And so if you're looking at this from a marketing perspective, you're like, well, Cook Thugless, you can look at it and be like, well, outside of our hometowns, outside of LA, outside of New Jersey, outside of New York City, people don't really know us. You can kind of position that as like, hey, you could book us before people find out about us. Here's a video of what we're about. And like, show the shows that you've played in your hometown and have people be like, oh man, I have to be one of the first to book these guys because it'll make me look smart. Especially if you guys are putting on oh, rager man. live shows, which I'm sure you are. <laughs> <laughs> be sick. Yeah. No, definitely. That's, a, that's actually uh, really great advice. Definitely going to take that to heart as well and, uh, and really hit that angle. Um, uh, Cause that's just, you know, it's, it's really what, the whole product lines up to you going to a live show. Like that's yeah. the whole point of like, albums and videos. Like, what is that for? That's to get you to the point where you want to come see us connect with you, you know, be there and like do these songs like for you, like, uh, like me and Jerry will get off stage and like do it to somebody, uh, dance with somebody like really, you know, fucking um, do that. And that's, again, like you said, it's tough. Uh, everybody's uh, pivoting because, uh, that was the greatest source of income for, mm -hmm. you know, bands is, you know, you sell merch there, you do all of that stuff there. And, and, uh, and that's really what, what makes money. So I think a lot of really great things will be ultimately invented by the fact that we have to find alternate ways to distribute and, 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 and get any sort of like funding that we can to keep doing what we're doing. So that's something cool that I'm seeing, like, you know, obviously everybody's been doing live from their living room mm -hmm. type of thing. It only goes so far, but it is cool. And, and you know, I think they're the, the street, the things invented will be really, really cool additives to whenever we can go rage again. Yeah. And I, what I'm hoping is that because people are realizing now how much they're missing it, that when things are back on that they're like really on like people are back oh, yeah. and like even at the shows appreciating being at a show so much more than ever before like i know for a fact i will be um so i don't want to take up too much more your guys's time uh oh, man. so it's like outside of i'm gonna definitely promote your album like in the pre-intro thing just so that anybody who's not listening to the full thing is getting the new album all the music and we're i'm gonna yeah. explain the new qr code thing we're doing in our shippers uh, so basically what it is, is we've got, we're going to create a playlist every month. So our head roaster, Jeff is like a former concert level, uh, French horn player. And I, I have a more cheesy background in singing and like acapella in college, but we're both like, really go, our music tastes That's are kind awesome. of, they're like really weird, but also we appreciate each other's music. And so we're kind of like, Oh, that's probably somewhat unique to our business. And we're like, we could create a QR code that we can slap a sticker on the inside of anybody who orders it online. So when they open it up, it's like music to uh, music to listen to while drinking coffee. And that's uh, so cool. And so I figured this episode would be an awesome way to launch it. That's like, Hey, hell yeah. These guys will definitely be on it. Uh, <laughs> at least, a, at least a few songs. Wholeheartedly, like honestly, super psyched to like collab and get involved and like definitely Definitely want to help support and come fucking have some high gourmet. <laughs> some good <laughs> roast, man. I'll be sending you guys some coffee after this. I'll shoot you an email. <laughs> yeah, email us some coffee. Uh, no, I'll, I'll be mailing you some coffee after this for sure with that QR code. <laughs> then you'll get it and you'll be like, this doesn't work. And I'll be like, yeah, nothing ever does. <laughs> it's 2020. <laughs> nothing works. figuring it out, man. That's what 2020 is about. 
So if someone wanted to, so if someone to support you now, obviously live shows, not an option outside of like listening. What's the easiest way to support you guys with what you're doing right now? Um, I mean, the number one biggest, biggest way right now is to, is to stream and enjoy the music and listen to what we're doing and check up. We're going to keep, we're going to continue uh, the videos on YouTube, you know, all the content that we make, like watches and views go the longest way. We do have um, a, a limited run of merch. We're coming out with some more stuff soon. Uh, some, uh, yeah, my man, dude, fucking Hell yeah. that shirt, you know. But we've got, you know, we, we've got our shirts, our hats, but we're coming out with the face masks, of course, the Yikes face masks. Um, and, uh, At and, and just stay fucking cookthuglist.com. No, Jerry, do it in the movie voice. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> cookthuglist.com. <laughs> I need to mark nice. the time on that yeah, one right. so I can, I can pull that one out. Yeah, and, and stay and stay tuned and 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 you know we've got a lot of things in the works that'll just like be great content, more ways to like connect. So and yeah, where should they follow you at? And, uh, at Cooks Douglas for all of our socials. So that's yeah. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, uh, all that shit. Uh, Facebook, Cook, at Cooks Douglas. Even like cookthuggles at gmail.com. You know, it's all cookthuggles. C-O-O-K-T-H-U-G-L-E-S-S. You guys got to do a whole TikTok series of like a post a day. When you fly out to New Jersey, you got to do a TikTok series of like a video a day of what you're doing. Just like, oh, that's not a bad out, idea. Caption out the first day, be like flying out to New Jersey to meet the rest of the band and we're going to jam. And then every day just posting stuff. So someone knows that if they follow you, they're going to get more and more of like what you're doing to build out a new album. That type of stuff is so cool. That's a great idea. That's, yeah. You are going to see us do that, and I want you to know it's because you said it. I gotta make sure I follow you on TikTok. On TikTok, I'm much more of like a post and leave it versus like Instagram. I'm like more actively engaged. I gotta make sure I'm following you <laughs> on all TikTok. These, all these social medias are like different languages, you know? So you gotta kind of learn wild. that language. And yeah. TikTok now it's harder to ignore because everybody's like like it's 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 so rabid of like an engagement that you know instagram is turning into facebook what, what so, it's done uh, to the music industry is crazy that, oh, it's, bro, it's, yeah. I, I forgot who i was following but they were doing a video and they they showed a screenshot of their uh spotify streams and they're like here is it's like here's my listener over the past three years it's like i got a decent following and then my song got popular on tiktok and it went to like like hundreds of millions of streams in like a, a week it's wild it's like yeah it's i've seen i've seen three people i know that that's happened to and it's it's more and more common and it's it just it goes to show like you got to keep up with the wave of like where people are engaging and that's the name of the game because you can hit the same thing over and over but yeah, so the TikTok is is next. We've we've gone we've gone on and off, but I don't think we've ever really we haven't really clicked in with that language yet. So yeah, yeah put in power of TikTok. On that one. <laughs> yeah, I think the key with TikTok is switching between something where it's your song is the audio and you don't have anything else going and you're just like jamming to it, and then having every other thing be like about you. So if you're doing this like recording, you've got something we're recording a new album. Here's behind the scenes, and then every other thing is like just a 15 second hitter of sweet coffee and you guys are just drinking coffee and it's just like captions and stuff. It's, it's, it's a weird one, but it's cool. It's, it, I, th I think I get way too into new stuff on social media <laughs> side. Damn bro. I have to drink some sweet coffee to Folly's coffee, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thanks for your time guys. I really appreciate it. This is so dope. <laughs> oh, thanks for having us, man. Oh, no, we appreciate you.
Thanks yeah, absolutely. And if you get, if and when tours become a real thing, hit me up if you guys need help finding venues. Cause I got some friends here locally that are, uh, that, that, that have a, pul- uh, what is it? Finger to the pulse on the scene for sure. Oh, yeah, nice. we absolutely will, man. hundred percent. Awesome. Thanks guys. Uh, I really, really hope this saves when I end. <laughs> and so I'm going to pause it. Let's see if I stop the recording now.